Hello, this is Rifka Yecker and this is Hooligans Talking About Books, a series where we use books as a guiding tool for conversations between artists. During each event, two artists will be chosen based on the books they've decided to discuss. The books will have some overlap, whether it's theme, setting, style, or similar author reception. There will be an interviewer who will lead the discussion, but the goal is to see how the core elements of a story in a book can influence artists. We will learn about the books, the artists, and lessons we can derive from both. In this episode, I spoke to Bianca Eunice and Isa Ranzahoff about Discussing the Witches by Roald Dahl and Archival Quality by Ivy Noel Weir and illustrated by Steens. Bianca Eunice is an illustrator and cartoonist based out of Chicago. Her work primarily focuses on the plight and daily struggles as identifying as a young black feminist weirdo in modern society. Her storytelling can range from simple, relatable, slice-of-life content to complex, nuanced narratives like police brutality that have garnered her an Ignatz Award for Promising New Talent. Bianca's work has been published on diverse platforms such as Hello Giggles, The Nib, Bitch Magazine, The Washington Post, and Nylon, and has been interviewed on platforms such as the BBC, The Nerdist, and Riot Fest. When she's not doodling away, Bianca's usually somewhere dreaming of the Mothman while listening to The Damned. A longtime admirer of animals and nature videos, Isa Ransahoff is a trans-movement-based performance artist exploring the ebb and flow relationship between the body and its environment. They are an enthusiastic admirer of textures, faces, sour gummies, reptiles, and looking closely at how we as human and non-human animals move and exist in space and time as bodies out of context. Isa creates space and events for artists and audiences to interact, guide, and move with each other freely. They have shown works at Lynx Hall, Ballroom Project, Sector 2337, Roman Susan, and various apartment spaces in Chicago. Catch them occasionally singing and definitely moving in any space in the city. In this episode, we will discuss which as a metaphor, the struggle of existing with mental illness and chronic illness highlighted in the book Archival Quality and representation in graphic novels and children's stories in young adults. Thank you, everybody, for coming. I appreciate you. Um, today's books we will be discussing are Archival right. Quality, which is a graphic novel. Um, it's spooky. And we're also talking about The Witches by Roald Dahl. And we have Bianca and Isa here. And I first want to ask y'all to introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, and why you chose this book. Isa, you can go ahead. Okay, great. Okay, great. <laughs> um, I'm Isa, and um, I'm a movement-based maker, performance artist. I love dancing. Um, I use they, them pronouns. And... Yeah, I'm talking about the witches. Yeah, sweet. I'm stoked. Bianca, what about you? Who are you? Um, I'm Bianca Uniz, and I draw comics. Sweet. And you chose Archival Quality. Yes, I did. Yes. Um, it's a graphic novel, because I want people to read more graphic novels. Yes. And it's uh, spooky, and um, it's just about mental health and the abuse of women who struggle with mental health issues and all that good stuff. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, not sweet, but, like, it's, it's good we're covering that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if you could describe, well, you kind of just did, but Isa, if you could describe The Witches in your own words, how would you describe it? Yeah, so The Witches, it's, I think of it as a story of survival and also love between this um, grandson and his grandmother and how they're surviving through 
um, all of these really evil witches that hate despise and like want to crush children Mm. yeah Yeah. that's spooky yeah um i'm gonna say that a lot because tonight's theme is spooky (laughs) and um yeah how do you like we're gonna this is a little bit of a special question but in what ways do you see yourself as a spooky person well i like mystery and like not giving everything away especially or like when i perform and like and when I dance feeling like another animal or creature and um, like moving very um, angularly, I'm moving my arms a lot right now and um, kind of a lot of twitches. Um, but yeah, I really like mystery and not giving everything away. Yeah, Bianca, I know you're spooky. <laughs> you love goth stuff. Yeah, I like goth stuff. I mean, I'm about intersectionality and you know making goths and punk spaces more inclusive to black brown and queer bodies even though most of it is started with black and brown and queer bodies so just kind of giving that recognition back Mm. um yeah hell yeah sweet i'm excited to talk about these books yeah um (laughs) we can start by sometimes it's easier to know more about the books in a space like this with a quote so if you want to choose a quote from the book uh, that you found particularly interesting to you or something that made you feel something or made you laugh it could be any of those things or it really spooked you um tell me about that quote yeah um i really like the introduction of the witches it's talking about it's talking about like the rules of witches of how to spot a witch it says Um, For all you know, a witch might be living next door to you right now, or she might be a woman with the bright eyes who sat opposite you on the bus this morning. She might be the lady with the dazzling smile who offered you a sweet from a white paper bag in the street before lunch. She might even, and this will make you jump, she might even be your lovely school teacher who is reading these words to you at this very moment. Look carefully at that teacher. Perhaps she is smiling at the absurdity of such a suggestion. Don't let that put you off. It could be part of her cleverness. So I like how that like twists the um, the person who's presenting this book to you and um, and like potential danger or just mm. kind of um, plays with like trust and like what you see before you. Yeah. So there's like a fear of witches like from the get go. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that um, and like this book was written for kids, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think that there's um another like is is does witches mean something else um is it a metaphor or is it just be scared of witches i've been like struggling or like trying to figure that out or like with i've found out in terms of metaphor what it could mean like i found out very recently that Roldal was like just a really awful person so yeah. i yeah which but so struggling with that like figuring out what witches means I mean it talks really horribly about women um in the book and like women as witches but it's like women or witches are not women though Mm -hmm. but they are in the shape of women but it's still talking about women in a really like grotesque and painting them as evil even though they're witches so it's kind of like I I mean we know historically like witches were also this it was was sort of like women um exacerbated so like it was the concept of evil women that was so terrifying Mm -hmm. um the fact that women could be mystical and um powerful was such a scary thing for people um so that is interesting even in a book like for children there's still this 
Um, and it sucks when we learn that people uh, that we are inspired by or influenced by end up being shitty. Yeah. Uh, and it happens so often. But it we talked about this in the last um, Hooligans Talking About Books. And we kind of came to this conclusion that even though the people we might be reading or inspired by are bad people or not great people, we can still take their work and um, apply it to ourselves and our own art and make it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bianca, do you want to talk a little bit about a quote or an excerpt from the book? Sure. I actually don't have a quote because um, it's a comic and it's kind of hard to quote because most of the dialogues are like two or three words. But um, I don't know. I'm like, I don't want to give away too much (laughs) if people are interested in this novel, especially... um, Again, because I want people to, to read more graphic novels, you know, it's comics is what I do and um I know I definitely want to get a, the the world or people to um accept comics um as not just you know pastimes for children or or even you know genderized for little boys but mm-hmm. um it can, it's still a great medium to tell stories yeah absolutely um but to not give too much away um, there is a pivotal point in the story where, just to give a little, um, a little backstory on it. Um, so it's it stars this young woman on the cover, um, Celeste, or she just goes by Cell, and um, and she discovers this ghost. Um, she's hasn't been working. Um, she keeps having these mental breakdowns, um, and she has a hard time keeping a job, and. Um, and, you know, at her last job, she worked at a library as an archivist, and they kind of let her go. They're just kind of like, you know, it seems like you just have a lot of problems. Um, and they mean it in a in a kind way, just like maybe you should go sort that out. And so um, she's feeling kind of low, and she finds this random sort of strange, scary job at, like, this old sort of brownstone building that's also a museum. And they're like, and it's like, the way that you have to be interviewed is really old-fashioned, and... Um, She's like, all right, I'll go check it out. And she gets the job on the spot because she's like one of the few people who actually showed up for this job interview. And um, while she's at this job, she discovers a ghost. But the, but it's kind of seen as like her own mania and so nobody believes her that mm. there's a ghost here. Um, but the thing about the ghost that she discovers is it kind of has parallels in her own um, mental illness and kind of how especially women were treated um, 30, 40 years ago and because the building used to be an asylum of how they were like beaten and lobotomized and electrocuted and all those types of things. And they, she kind of discovers um, the abuse that this woman goes through and she helps to set her free mm-hmm. um, from this building. So I guess I kind of told the whole story, but <laughs> you should still read it. Um, it's really good. And I mean, there's, I mean, it, I, I kind of just skimmed over the, the highlights. There's other like sort of things about relationships and dealing dealing with a partner when you have mental illness and kind of how they might guess like your mental illness against you and stuff like that but it's also for young adults so it's important for the youths to understand and, and to be okay that you know some days you aren't okay and sometimes your mental illness can be terrifying and some days it just is what it is yeah I also like it because isn't her name Celeste Stell yeah so like Celestial yeah i love a pun uh yeah i I, it's it's a beautifully done book 
Um, I try not to finish it actually because I wanted, I was telling uh, my friend Nathan earlier, I was like, I don't want to know everything because I want you to be able to speak for it. Sure. Um, so I, I have to still finish it, but I'm, it, it's really well done and it's really beautifully illustrated. Um, and it's done by two uh, non-men. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, uh, something that I do often is find, uh, parallels between, um, like we're talking right now and the common thread is spooky, but at the same time, there's a little bit more of a common, um, a uh, little thing going on here that women are <laughs> being either ostracized, attacked um or the metaphor for women um that's interesting uh especially because a lot of times historically in horror movies and uh novels the woman is usually the one that's either uh an evil figure or is being um assaulted in some way so that's that's a common thread in amongst horror as a genre which is also interesting um, because horror is so terrifying. I do want to discuss kind of like basic elements of the story um, in relation to your own art. So like these characters, like is there a character that you relate to uh, that you feel maybe either inspired you or has inspired you or you resonate with? Isaac, you can go ahead. Okay. See a character. Well, it's told through um, the grandson's voice and, and his experience and um, how he... He is turned, so the witches turn, are on this mission to turn all the children in the world into mice, and um, they do turn him into a mouse, and he's the, the second child to be turned into a mouse, and he's transformed into this mouse, like painful, like feels pain in the transformation, and then turns to this mouse, and he's like, oh, actually, it's not that bad, like, I have paws, I have a tail, I can climb and swing, and like, adapting to the body and like the space that you're in so quickly I really um I guess or that element I identify or I'm like I see that in my practice and um and also like the love between him and his grandmother mm-hmm. I so much identify with that yeah. um and also taking like her word or just like being like okay she knows so much about yeah. this so and like trusting that like strong female figure yeah yeah the love of a grandma is one of the most beautiful things in this entire world and that's that um yeah and i think i actually do like that in roald dahl's work because there seems to be consistent um like i think we always there's always it feels like there's always an older figure like that um and that is that is actually a really special thing um because i like that there's not necessarily a romantic figure Mm -hmm. but like a familial older mentor um yeah, but can you tell me a little bit more about your work itself? Like, so you're a dancer and you like, and you you work with the body in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, what what kind of how would you explain your own performance style? Yeah, my performance style is, or the way that I move and and make is very intuitively and um, like feeling the space that I'm in and kind of using movement as a way to translate and digest what is happening around me in the world and in the space um and also having this body like me using my own body as the medium as a body outside of context or free from context 
in my in my mind and tr- seeing bodies as that and letting them exist. Um, and that's when I choreograph and when I um, work with other bodies and, and with other people um, and with my own. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because dance itself is such an interesting medium because you are literally using your own body as the tool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the paintbrush and the painting. Yes. <laughs> um, love it. Uh, yeah, and Bianca, is there, I mean, obviously, Celeste, Cell, um, is that the main character that you resonate with or is there... Yeah, um, actually, not not so people like listen to this. Her last name is Wald, and her nickname is Cell. Just so. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, kind of just with somebody who deals with both mental illness and chronic illness. Like I grew up with epilepsy, so I definitely had a hard time keeping a job um, p- throughout high school and college. Um, because I would faint or pass out or have a seizure. A lot of times people think like, oh, you got to stop drinking. And I'm like mm. 14. Um, and I'm like, okay. But, you know, it's just kind of like I like I remember there was I was freelancing at this ad agency and I uh, had a seizure. And it was Lollapalooza. It was the Monday after Lollapalooza. And they were like, we'll see because you like party too hard at Lollapalooza. That's why you passed out. And like nobody called the ambulance. They just like watched me on the ground. Oh, my God. And then they fired me. And so, but yeah, so like I, 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 I like relate to people misunderstanding, you know, chronic illness, including mm-hmm. mental illness, mm-hmm. you know, because it is something that you deal with day to day. It changes day to day. Um, and, you know, with having epilepsy, you do tend to see have like to be more depressed and to be more anxious because it's all deals with mm-hmm. the brain. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I and then kind of like having like nobody kind of understands you. And so you do sort of build this world of understanding. And with her, you know, she has this world of, of ghosts. Um, and I have my comics that I build a world in where it's safe and I can, you know, create my own narratives and happy endings that may not necessarily exist in my own life. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you do draw narrative comics um, as well as kind of individual, like for your own work. But like, what's a, can you think of an example of a narrative comic that you've made recently that has um, either embodied this sort of finding comfort um, in, like she finds comfort in this greater, in, in this ghost and like, it doesn't have to be directly like that, but I don't know anything recently that stuck out. Um, well, I think about this comic I did, what feels like recently, but now is like, not recently it was father's day because i keep thinking summer was two days ago um and it's about me and my brothers um my dad used to send us these vhs tapes of like ren and stimpy and beefs and butthead and daria because my mom wouldn't allow us to watch it Mm because i grew up like super religious and so um we would ask my dad to record and he would mail it to us and then we would watch the tapes and then we would go into the alley and then like beat them with like baseball bats and like pour like the hose on them and then throw them away and be like she'll never find out now and so but the one thing that i feel like so a lot of people read this comic and they're like oh it's such a sweet like story about between you and your father but the one thing that people didn't notice in the comic is that um, my dad's never present mm. in it. I only talk about him, mm. but you never see him. You do see my mom in the comic, and you see my brothers, but you never see my dad. And it kind of shows this sort of relationship that I have with my dad since my parents were divorced, where he like offered me items, but he didn't offer mm. me his presence. Mm. And so, and that's kind of how I have these fondness of these things that he used to do for me when I was little. But I would have just been happier if he was there. Totally. 
Yeah, that's really beautiful. I mean, like, I think that's also one of the kind of the, I love graphic novels and comics. And so I think that's something that you can't always get in a book, like literally the f absence of a person, mm -hmm. because you, you wouldn't be able to get that in a book. Like uh, you'd, you would hear it, you would see the person speaking and you could say he's not there, but in the comic there can be that subtlety. And it's, it's really, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, in terms of like the plot of these, of these books, of these books um the conflicts are different obviously um how does it like how do these conflicts um influence you like for instance isa like you're currently reading or i mean uh, the, the witches is about um these witches trying to destroy all these people uh in what ways like how does that speak to you on like a I guess a literary level like is that is that like why did you choose this book I guess like why does the plot interest you I think well I chose it I, I picked it up again and like it's very connected to my childhood and like his write a lot of Roald Dahl's writings um but the witches I think because um the the lead witch is the grand high witch like she's just this like powerful woman or like which disguised as a woman and um is very feared and incredibly powerful and so thinking about um and I remember being very drawn to that reading it when I was younger I was fascinated with that and how um much people listened to her and and were feared feared her and um yeah I think and going back to like what we talked about earlier with or just like women and like femininity and being more interested in that and um, currently mm -hmm. yeah yeah is it isn't it weird um because this is for ya like uh archival quality is and so is uh roll dolls of the witches isn't it weird the way we are spooked by certain things as kids and it, it changes as adults like mm -hmm. we'll look back and like that's not scary um but as kids something can be so frightening like even like reading a book and you're like so scared of a certain villain um, and then like, or like yeah. in a movie, you know, like I can think of, I don't know, um, even like little things like in Aladdin, like just like uh, Jafar, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that was, he scared the shit out of me, you know, like, um, and I'm just like thinking of like little in like, so looking back, you both still chose books that like you didn't ch choose like Stephen King, you know, yeah. for like the theme of like spooky. And that makes me kind of, I, like, I guess the, my question went a little bit off track but what i'm saying is <laughs> how do you view what's up scary today versus how you viewed it as a kid i mean going in the basement is still terrifying to me today as an uh, as a full adult mm -hmm. um in fact my power went out and i had to go into the basement to you know most of the circuit breakers and i was like i guess i just won't have lights this, <laughs> this is it <laughs> i don't yeah. need them um but does the dark look different to you like, do you think, what do you think of now? Like, you don't have to say specifically, but like, do you think of different things now versus when you were a child? Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons why, at least for me, that I am more drawn to horror told to younger eyes is it can be a little bit more playful mm -hmm. versus what scares me now is like money. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And like, I mean, that's like obtainable. I know where it comes from, but you know, and I just know my, you learn your limitations of, of a human body of get earning this money. But right. um, with Children's Story, you can kind of get a little bit more fantastical and kind of, you almost let go of um, the adult horrors and kind of what 
is almost boring right that's terrifying in in adulthood right yeah it's it's like almost kind of like everything that's scary today is too real and that's why we're so scared of it and in that's why i personally love reading books that are also for younger people when they're when they're spookier and like watching spookier movies for people that are younger because there's still yeah there's still an, an element of play whereas now it's like everything ends terribly yeah and it's like i can't handle this anymore well i think or like how things do transform as you age and how or like learning how the um like about the author and rethinking um what you admired when you were young, when i was younger and admiring this and um then now as I'm older and like digesting it and seeing all the things that are um, like have been flipped or like all the hidden things that are for adults in children's stories Mm -hmm. and like latching onto those now or seeing them um, it's very like makes me rethink or like what I didn't see when I was younger yeah so Yeah. yeah Or if you like thought of it or like understood that that was something for adults so you just didn't understand mm-hmm. why. Yeah. It is it is such a weird thing to rewatch that because I watched a lot of like even like all those shows that you just listed. I mean Red and Stimpy and like Daria. I mean they were they were for teens I guess but they were like pretty like a little dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean even, even Looney Tunes most of the jokes were like for the parents like we didn't care who you know Don Knotts was at five years old. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's this is cool because we're actually pretty much talking about everything I want to talk about. But um, doing great. Uh, <laughs> but I do think something that's important to confront is conflict. Um, maybe critique of the book if you have any, or critique like we were talking about Roald Dahl not being mm-hmm. great. Um, if you if you want to continue exploring that critique, maybe of the witches or whatever. Um, yeah, I think. I know that, like, as um, a Jewish person, he's, like, very anti-Semitic. And yeah. so seeing, like, there's hints kind of of how he describes the witches, like, having yeah. funny noses. And I'm like, oh, I see that. And, or, like, I see you. And, like, just kind of makes it uneasy. And, like, I'm still, str- or, like, conf- confused or just struggling in how I feel about the, um, or like the content, what his books are teaching children, mm-hmm. like as they read it, and like these subtle, subtle lessons, or not even lessons, but like these subtle opinions that he's putting in these books sure. that leak through it. But um, yes, he, do, do, do kids still read books by him? Probably, yeah. I think so. He's like one of those guys. Yeah, that like you like will still read his books. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It makes me think of like what kinds of is there a 2018 role doll? Is there you know who, yeah. who's taking over? um is it in comic form you know like is it you know what what are kids now reading um is it still problematic Mm -hmm. um because you're right so many of these books that we grew up on did have a lot of pretty intense stereotypes um even with harry potter Mm -hmm. so yeah it it is (laughs) an interesting thing oh yeah um yeah the jewish evil jewish witches Mm mm-hmm yeah. I think well and like his I'm books Jewish, are <laughs> his books are uh like he's very descriptive and there's not a lot of um dialogue in it and so it, it's similar to or how graphic novels are so visually mm-hmm. based so I think yeah let's replace it. Yeah, I would be curious <laughs> to see what he would be drawing. There are some pictures in there though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Quentin Blake. Yeah. Illustrating. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, his books are pretty back there because I feel like they weren't necessarily written when we were children. Like they were before even our time. Yeah, yeah. They oh were, yeah, they're yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've or like they've lasted. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like despite how problematic he is, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt that kids are still reading it. Oh, for stuff. sure. Oh yeah, they totally are. Catching yeah. the rye. Yeah, yeah. Scott Fitzgerald. Right. They're yeah, they're all being read still. Um, but yeah, do you have any critiques of archival quality? You also don't need to have a critique. No, um, I think my only critique is that everybody should buy it. Um, <laughs> it is for sale for ten percent off, and it's written by two um, queer women. One and and the illustrator is a black woman who is one of my friends. And so, if you wanna, you know, they were just what was it? There's a tweet going around about how only nine percent of children's books. Um, feature African-American characters. And so, um, and then if you consider like out of how many African-American illustrators there are, only a third of that 9% were actually drawn or written by black people. So here's something that is. So use your guilt on that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah, that's, I definitely, I will be wrapping up soon, but I am still curious um, to know a little bit more about other either books that have inspired you or know more about your art and your practice and where it comes from um bianca i met you years ago but you've been you you were illustrating but you weren't doing it full-time at that point and now i think you're doing it you're doing it full-time no never full-time never full-time mm-hmm. well it's- technically i mean technically i am doing it full-time i just work two full-time jobs right there you go mm. <laughs> the truth of an artist yeah, yeah. Um, but what was the question? So, like, tell me more about your practice and where it comes from and what, what kind of inspires your art. Oh, um, I mean, I would like to lie and, and, and be like, well, you know, I, I read a lot. And I do. And <laughs> I did. Um, but I was also really heavily influenced by films. Mm-hmm. Um, and one film that I always kind of go back to is Mermaids. That was one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. growing up. It's still one of my favorite movies. Now, I watched it recently maybe two years ago and my third eye was open then so it wasn't problematic but now oh no then it's post-trump era and my eye is open even more oh, there might be some issues with that film mm. i'm not sure but you know growing up single mother and daughter who like don't fully understand each other was great you know because they were they were a jewish family and she really wanted to be catholic and that was kind of like a similar situation i grew up in even though like we were a christian family and i was just always into something that was the total opposite of the trajectory of my family and, um but just the way the movie makes you feel um and just the way that they do a really good and like Winona Ryder does a really good job just playing like a confused teenager uh, she could still do it now I believe her. <laughs> um but just the just the coming of age of that story which I guess that is where the problem lies is the boy that she's in love with is far too old for her what it was the 60s no I'm just kidding we're not gonna do that <laughs> um but just 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 when you, when you finally kind of have that moment where you notice the person that you're going to notice regardless of gender and you kind of have those feelings for the first time and you're like oh my gosh I thought I could suppress this forever because I was definitely that kid I I took a, it took me a long time to sort of um, notice people outside of me having my nose in a book and so I all my friends were dating before I was mm. and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so for me it was like senior year almost freshman year in, in college I started like oh there's you can kiss people. You can rub your face against <laughs> somebody else's, and it's kind of nice. Um, but just, I kind of try to keep those moments in mermaids in my own writing, and kind of always, kind of um, 
push the emotion and kind of push um, the person who's viewing or the person who's reading it to put the remind themselves of that moment when they were that age and going to be like, oh, I remember that feeling. And that's kind of the response I get from my work a lot is um, there was a story that I did recently about, um, well, it wasn't recently, I don't know, it's all a blur now, about my first crush and me confessing my love for him and kind of like me like stuffing my bra and like putting my mom's Clinique on and all this mm. type of stuff. <laughs> and, um, and I was like 12 years old and I was like, hi, I like you. And he was like, I don't like black girls, see ya. And I was like crushed, but mm. you know, tons of people have come up to me um, and have told me like I have a similar story to that. Even um, several trans women have come to me too and have been like, I know this story, I know how it is to be in love with somebody and somebody's just not gonna love you back because mm. of who you are. And you can't change that, you can never change that, I can never not be black. Mm-hmm. Many people have tried mm-hmm. and it looks terrifying. So I just, <laughs> I know, and you just learn to love yourself and you kind of just say screw everybody else who's not gonna love me for this way. But just, you know, um, you know, there was another young woman who um, we didn't share a similar background but she just like held my hand and was like I'm still in high school and reading your comics has helped me get through it because it's really difficult and I was like oh okay (laughs) but like that's that's why I write like even watching mermaids is why I made these is why I make my stories because at the end of the day it was about a white family and I didn't see like awkward stories about being black and awkward growing up and you kind of just starting to see it now Mm Um, but I want I want it to be regular. I want people of color to see themselves being clumsy and not all of their stories about being like killed by the police or being poor or just like it's always a struggle, you know, keeping your head over water and making a way if you can. Sure. And so that was the theme song of good times, but I'm older than everybody. And so <laughs> but yeah, I just I I want people of color to just be regular and that's why I write regular stories. Yeah. And that's pretty much our kind of quality yeah. too. Regular in terms of like it's it's it is just a cute quirky story. It's cute and it's quirky and there's there's lesbians in it and I there's interracial it. couples. <laughs> wow. It'll scare your grandma and then she'll be like, you know what? They're actually kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite story. My favorite. Um, yeah, that was actually really beautifully said. Thank you yeah. for sharing. Um, Isa, is can you tell us a little bit more about what inspires you? Yeah, um, I love animal videos um, as <laughs> I love them and like watching how different animals move in um, like environments like jaguars underwater are beautiful or like wild cats, um, gorgeous. And uh, yeah, watching animal videos and um, like seeing them as they move naturally in their habitat or like in whatever space that they're in and um trying to bring that into my own body and like be a like as naturally natural movement as i can um why do you make why do you do the art that you do i think i make it because i have to or like i have to um and i have to move if i haven't moved for a while i'm like oh, I haven't moved, or, like, I want to dance all the time, and, um, or, like, yeah, move in some way, and, yeah, I do it, I really have to, yeah. um, yeah, it's a necessity. Yeah, and what's the last thing you choreographed? Um, I did a piece, it's actually this Sunday, um, <laughs> it's coming Where? up again, um, the, oh, no, the street, the box, 
the Box Theater Streetcar. It's right under the Berwyn Red Line stop. Um, But I did a piece. I was paired with um, someone, and we collaborated and very different backgrounds, which was really exciting. And we worked on this um, piece of about like different languages and so or different different types of language different types of communication and um different wa- ways to connect with um people and audience or just another body and um it's a lot of like swishing your chair your, your swing your knees over a chair and f- then facing each other and we have a moment where we, there's like physical contact and um he pushes me and it's acting but he pushes me and then I push him back and he pushes me again and then suddenly I grab him and rearrange him mm. and so I'm like controlling this like aggression from a, a man mm. and um which is very empowering for me and yeah. like um and I sing in it too and um we yeah we move around each other but we s- yeah it's a lot of swishing and then a physical like fight almost Ooh. I love a good choreographed fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you recently told me that you're working with kids now. Yeah. And um, we're talking about a kid's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it weird to go back into that space of no, of working with children and, and then like reading a book that is for children? Tell me about your job that you're about to start working. Yeah. Um, it's been an adjustment having adjusting my, the way I communicate in my vocabulary. Um, and how listening to them communicate and how they express feelings too. Um, but reading this book, how the, like the dialogue in it is very succinct. Succinct, yeah. Yeah. And, um, very pretty, um, not a lot of like flamboyant words and, um, these children learning how to re-communicate, relearning how to communicate in a different way than I'm used to. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's also kind of why I like books like this because it's not over like saturated mm-hmm. with pretty words. It just kind of gets <laughs> to the point, and it's great. I yeah. love that. Um, I also like pretty words, but it works out this way too. Um, well, I think that wraps up everything. And thank you so much for coming. Uh, this has been Hooligans talking about books. Uh, we use books as a guiding tool to discuss artists and their work. Um, these books are for sale at Uncharted Books, which we are we are right here at the store. This is for the podcast. A little plug. Uh, they are 10% off. They're at where Tanner is over there. And all spooky books are 13% off. Ooh. And all, you also get two. If you buy two books, you get one free. So there's lots of deals tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you. Yeah, you guys can also say what where you're performing or you want to plug in your own work. Yeah. Right, you can do it here or there on the thing. What? Like so your website. Oh, mm. so we're going somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you guys saw the Facebook thing, just Google that. And all of my things are through my name, Bianca Unis, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I post a lot of like free work on Instagram, like full comics on there. I have a patron account if you guys want to support me on that. But, I mean, uh, oh, there was a recent comic that I did about representation in film and television with me and my non-binary friend Sage Coffee, and we talk about queer, trans, and people of color representation in film. It's on the nib, 
we worked on it painlessly for painstakingly, not painlessly, <laughs> <laughs> for way too long. Um, and it's just on the nib. So just go to the nib.com. You can see a lot of my work on there. And uh, yeah, oh, I also did a com. I also write about music a lot because uh, obviously. And so <laughs> um, there's a lot of stuff about music and punk and stuff like that. I'd be like that. Hell yeah. Thanks. And you'll be performing on Sunday. Yeah, come. Sweet. All right, thank you. This has been Hooligans Talking About Books. If you like what you heard, want to support artists, Hooligan Magazine, and Uncharted Books, please check out the store and donate to Hooligan through our PayPal at hooliganmagazine at gmail.com. And make sure to follow both the artists via the links in our bio. Until then, we hope you are celebrating art in all the ways you know how. 